Throwing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Oh, guns up. Giddy up. Uh, welcome to Failure to Stop podcast. Welcome to Friday. Oh, no. It's new uh, to the broadcast. Mike the Cop is out of town this week, so I have a very special co-host with me, uh, which I need a giddy-up from you real quick, Drew. Uh, guns up, giddy-up. Guns up, giddy up, guys. You're tuning in in to Failure to Stop podcast. We do four shows a week. This is all brought to you by Ghostbed. Ghostbed.com, promo code Wolfpack. Uh, Sleep so good, it's scary. Today's show is also brought to you by Manscaped. Keeping your balls clean and shaved. You don't want to be doing the Lord's work with hairy balls. Uh, you're going to use that promo code Wolfpack. We'll get to that later. Listen, we do four shows a week. This show is 100%. Well, let me take that back. This show is 98% for, for first responders. First responders are out on the road. They, they get 12-hour shifts, and uh, the radio is dead. Radio broadcasting is dead. There's nothing entertaining. There's nothing fun on there. And so this show is to give cops, first responders, firefighters, all, you know, Something to listen to other than the bullshit radio. So, yes, this show is like a sandwich. We prepare it as such. We do a little banter at the beginning, and then we lay on the lettuce, and then we lay it on the meat, and we bring a little bit more bread on the back end. And that's how the show goes. So sit back, relax, enjoy. There's no time limit on this show. We just go. Uh, Again, Mike the Cop is out of town, and I have brought in Drew Breezy. Why? Why would I bring in Drew Breezy? Because he's amazing and he breaks down things just the way we do. And he has a lot of experience. So thank you, Drew, for coming on today with me. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Let me be here. I've, uh, I have vast experience in breaking down. <laughs> oh man, I got you mid sip. You got me mid sip of my coffee. I just want to let um, you know also that I went to high school with a guy named Harry balls. Really? No. No, oh, <laughs> I was like, no, God bless that guy. You. I bet you that guy's a cop now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more than he's or a, a professor. Yeah, or a professor, professor balls. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank a couple of new people to the chats. We are live on the YouTubes. Uh, I know that most of the people listen to this show on podcast, but we are live on YouTube. We got a lot of people. Um, we got Walks with No Fear as a new member for our paid subscribers who get to have backroom access uh, for a couple of shows a week. And we're actually going to be ramping that up a lot towards Christmas, a lot of other deals for our paid subscribers. Thank you for that. Teresa K is a brand new member. Uh, she's been a, she's been a part of the Wolfpack for a long time, but now it looks like she's one of our paid value members. So if you don't pay, you're not a value member. You're just a peasant, but uh, Teresa, you're no longer a peasant. You are uh you are now in the, in the gold club. Bosco, thanks for checking in with us. Hydro Man Blue, as always. Uh, oh, we've already got a super chat coming in from Diasolov. And I don't, I'm not going to say that name, homie. You know, I'll put you on the big screens so people can say it says hashtag keep fighting. And I like the graphic that you got there, Bob. Lumber Chef's always in here with us, as always. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, we got some merch. Let's get that off of the, let's get that off the docket. If you want to buy merch, 
from the new Andrea Uplate collection. Head over to failuretostop.com and you can look at our shirt. They got some new stuff. Hoodies are dropping. I think they're already out. So if you want a winter hoodie, go ahead and grab those. The, the coffee mugs are incredible. Um, Mondays, off the cuff with Mike. All the cop news that you need. Tuesday nights, night shift with Andrea Uplate bringing you all the true crime, which today Andrea Uplate is bringing a true crime update to the Delphi murder case. There's been some breaking news in the Delphi murders uh, from Indiana. If you're not familiar with the Delphi murder case, absolutely insane case out of Delphi, Indiana. Go back and listen to the night shift episode where Andrea breaks down everything. Those poor girls were murdered. Uh, it's an unsolved case from like three or four years ago. They had a Snapchat of the man. So they've got a video of the guy who did these murders. They've got the voice of the guy who did these murders, but they've never caught the guy. Um, and actually there is some very big breaking news that came out this morning on that case. And, uh, Andrea is trying to piece together all the information and around three or four o'clock today, she'll be coming out with an update on the at Andrea up late Instagram page. So you can get your update there Thursdays off the cuff talking about, I mean, not off the cuff last call of the day talking all the things that don't have anything to do with the job. So you don't sound like an asshole cop to your civilian friends all weekend long. Give you something else to talk about other than dead babies and domestic violence. Fridays are case breakdowns, uh, which is today. That's our flagship show. Pig Latin coming out soon. That is Pig Latin, a serious but funny true story written by myself. Uh, and it, it's a comedy. It's a it's a true comedy. It's uh, it's kind of I hope they serve beer in hell, but the police edition. So um, follow follow me on the Instagrams. Follow the Fair Stop. But that book will be coming out just in time for Christmas, and it really is a fun read. It's a very funny book. It's a very serious book as well. Uh, humanizing the badge, if you will. So. That is all I have for news. Let's go ahead. I'm going to turn it over to you, Drew. This is your time to shine, baby. Wow. Talk about pressure. I'm here to lay the meat in this sandwich. <laughs> but uh, let me let me tell you, in seriousness, I see the graphics and the, and the effort and uh, the four years that it took for you to write Pig Latin. I, I cannot wait to get my hands on that manuscript. I can't uh, wait to read it. I, I think it's going to be great. I'm going to send it to you and um, I'm going to put your review. You know how like some books have like the reviews. Yeah. Right. For the first page. I'm going to put like your review on there. Do you think uh, it would go over well if I actually wrote the review in pig Latin? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's the funny thing about the book is like, people are like, like asking me like, do you speak pig Latin? And, and the title of the book pig Latin comes from a murder yes. suspect that I was um, interviewing one time. And I said, Hey man, you do not, you just don't want to talk to me right now. He's like, nah, I don't speak pig Latin. And I've always thought that was really funny. <laughs> so that's why I named the book Pig Latin. But I just murdered me, somebody. Yeah, Ixnade on the murder stay. Ild K. Uh, uh, that guy was a huge piece of shit, by the way. And, uh, and, and, and I'm glad to make fun of him as such in the book. So, Well, hopefully uh, he's in risen pay. Yeah. Um, that's prison in pig Latin. So yeah, we, tactical dude two. sorry to interrupt you. Tactical two dude two a three in the, uh, in the chat says the Delphi murder was the fat, greasy black hair guy. It was, I'm going to have to go back and listen to our breakdown on the Delphi murders because I don't remember if he was the one, I think I, he's the one that I said it definitely wasn't him because it definitely, the, the picture in the Snapchat, which is, I, I guess, grainy. It didn't look like the fat, greasy guy at all. But uh, I'd like to go back and listen to what I had to say about that. But it does look like in the update, 
and I don't know. I'm going to let let uh, Andrea figure that out for me. But from what I've seen so far, I'd like to see what clues they have um, that make it the fat, greasy guy. But um, they are doing some searches around his house currently right now. So we'll see. Well, Jim Terry was on the case. So Lumber Chef says, who will cast Tansy in the in the movie Pig Latin? Uh, probably Mark Wahlberg. Probably uh, Mark Wahlberg. You got he a really bucket Mark Vine. He wants the part. Uh, Jeremy Renner also wants the part. He's fighting for it. So, you know, I don't know which one's going to get it. If it's animated, it's definitely going to be Bobby Hill. Uh, but but the uh, the asshole sergeant is is going to be played by Drew Breezy. So <laughs> those of you who don't know that Drew Breezy is absolutely an actor. Uh, uh, excuse me. I was an asshole lieutenant. <laughs> yeah, I'm demoting you for the movie. Yeah, good. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> well, any good lieutenant has been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have listed on YouTube that we were going to do Uvalde, Brianna Taylor, and Rashard Brooks case updates in true fashion. I'm going the opposite direction. We're going to go, uh, we're going to stick to those topics. However, I'm, I want to talk about Rashard Brooks real quick. We'll talk a little bit about Brianna and then we'll end it on Uvalde just in case that generates discussion because I kind of, um, you know, not turning uh, tragedy into something, I, I don't know, meaningful, but uh, I pride myself on being up to date on most of that Uvalde situation. And uh, you've I think been it's covering her- it. You've been covering it a lot. I mean, you've spent, geez, bless you. Uh, you know, full transparency, a lot of the information that I get on the Uvalde case, I use you as a resource. So, <laughs> you know, because you've spent just so many hours reading all the transcripts and court documents and everything. It's like, uh, I saved a lot of time just listening to what you had to say about it. So. <laughs> That's so refreshing to hear, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, at least it's not just going out into a void somewhere. Joseph Russo has mentioned a couple of times in the chats that Donovan Lewis, uh, he wants to Donovan Lewis. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who the fuck Donovan Lewis is yet. Uh, is went to him? high school with Donovan Lewis as well. No, is really? that the, no, 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 no. Is that the <laughs> NFL guy? I, I, I'm not familiar with Donovan Lewis. I, I probably should be. I guess but, it's a shoot gone bad. Uh, I don't know. I, I was trying to look it up really quick. Uh, looks like it was in Columbus. Second floor apartment. I not ringing a bell. It's not ringing a bell. So uh, maybe maybe I'll watch the the footage of that and break it down next week for you. Um, but as far as today's, I don't know enough about it. So I'm not going to talk anything about it. All right. So we got that off the table. Hold on a second. Yeah. No, no take your time. No, um, let me erase that right off the. <laughs> taking that off the docket. <laughs> It's off the docket. It's off the docket. Sorry. Um, so if we like not to insult anybody's intelligence or, uh, you know, this is what I used to do when I taught, like, I, you know, we do a little bit of a review of where, uh, where we were, how we got to where we are. And then we'll talk about where we currently are. And the reason these three uh, cases came up and, you know, in our discussion was that they're all, um, they all have recent court actions. So um, I, I think in, in our world of instant gratification and social media and blah, 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 uh, we, we talk about a case. I'm like, I'm not saying anything bad, but that's just how the news cycle works. We talk about a case and we talk about the repercussions and then we beat the shit out of the cops for doing probably what they should have been doing in the first place. Then everyone just moves on, but there's never any retraction or there's never anybody, uh, I, I don't say anybody, but 
rarely do people go back and say, oh, well, this is actually how it turned out, because I think that's that's an important um, bookend in the story, just, you know, for the profession alone and for obviously for the, the safety of the citizens, because we want fulfilled police officers and we want the, the country to have confidence in police. And, and that's kind of hard to come by. So with that. Uh, just a quick review. We're, we'll talk about the facts of the Ray Shard Brooks case. If you're not familiar, this was in June of 2020. And if you don't remember, in May of 2020 is when George Floyd happened. So everybody was walking on eggshells as it was when it came to police interaction. And uh, this uh, Ray Shard uh, Brooks was a black gentleman driver uh, who was asleep in the parking lot of a Wendy's. Uh, he wasn't just in the parking lot. He was in the drive through lane. And uh, anybody that's been a cop before knows what that probably means. Uh, I might, I may have a personal experience in this, but it, it probably means that they're, they're passed out for whatever reason. It could be fatigue. It could be anything else. Uh, but generally, if you're going through Wendy's at uh, late at night and you're passed out, it's because you were craving a, a Baconator <laughs> and because you just left uh, Tootsie's. So, um, so there he sits, somebody calls the police, like the police don't just stumble upon him. Somebody calls the police and uh, the initial officer gets there and starts interviewing him and kind of detects the slurred speech and the glassy eyes and all of the other indicators and asks him to move his car off to the side. And in the meantime, he, uh, it, we're talking about officer um, uh, Devin Brosnan. So he, he was fairly new, two years into the profession. And um, he starts making his uh, contact, doing what he should be doing, because people called and people should, uh, there are taxpaying citizens who have an expectation of, of drunk-free drive throughs So he's doing his investigation, and he calls uh, a DUI investigator, and that fellow shows up. And he is a, an officer, a tenured officer, uh, almost tenured. I think he had five years and change or something like that. But his name is Garrett Rolfe, and he's a DUI investigator. In fact, the previous year, he had been, uh, he had been given some award for 50 DUI arrests or something. Um, I don't know if that's a lot in that area. I, I mean, I know of guys with triple-digit DUI arrests back in the day, but that was long before Uber and such, so – you know, that could account yeah, for Yeah, dude, I think I've wrote like seven DUIs in eight years. Seven yeah, years. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 DUIs like significantly dropped. Yeah, it, I, was like, I was like a one-a-year kind of guy. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, uh, I, I spent the last part, the latter part of my shift on the street, um, most of it on the midnight shift, as a matter of fact. And it, it used to be like, all you have to do is get behind somebody and just wait, <laughs> wait about three or four blocks and you'll have your probable cause to stop them. And then you'll be calling a DUI investigator because that's, that was all that was out. Then as it turns out, you know, later in life, right before I retired, it was, um, it was just Uber drivers that were out Uber drivers and us. Right. Uh, right. Basically they were out at night. So, and occasionally you'd run into a drunk, but usually because they caused an accident somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. I mean, that's like 90% of the ones that I ever did was just because they <laughs> fucked up so bad that they had to get a ticket. Yeah. Uh, other than that, like, I, I was so afraid of getting DUIs because you like you have more chance of getting in trouble as a cop doing a DUI than you have of actually making a solid arrest. Because if you fuck up the paperwork, you're going to get written up. If you don't go to court and you miss one of their yeah. fucking thousands of court dates, you're going to get written up. So it's like there was more, there's more ways to get in trouble 
fucking up, you know, you fuck up the affidavit and you draw blood and you weren't supposed to. I mean, so many things can go wrong on a DUI. It's just not worth doing them for me. Like I just, it's just, for me, it was not worth it. So, you know, I was a big advocate of, uh, you could go to jail or you can let me throw your keys as far out into those, that wood line as, as possible. <laughs> it is, it's surgery. Like it's not, you know, people think that we all know this. Well, you just make them say the alphabet or, but it's not like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's very case, um, case law specific also. So anybody that any, any defense attorney that's worth their weight is going to be up on their case law and they are going to rip anybody that's on that stand as a witness to include the cop. So, if you're not a, an experienced DUI investigator, you're going to get embarrassed in court. So yeah, these things do make a determination of whether you're going to conduct this investigation or hopefully call a specialist or at least get them off the road by calling them a ride or, or doing whatever you're going to do. But um, they are pretty complicated cases at times. So this is what, what uh, Garrett Rolfe was there doing. And, and, and uh, Devin Brosnan's uh, body worn camera showed that the interaction between them was uh, it was quite lengthy, 40 minutes. It was respectful between all three of them. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't the polite, uh, you know, post George Floyd dance. This was genuine cops asking genuine questions, conducting a genuine investigation. And the guy was respectful back just the same. I mean, it was just a, a normal conversation, but they were leading towards uh, the probable cause of this guy being intoxicated, Richard Brooks. So what eventually happened is they informed him, okay, we have enough probable cause. We're going to take you to jail. And there's two of them and one of him. And he began to fight for whatever reason. Uh, he, well, I mean, I guess the main reason would be that he didn't agree with the charge and he didn't want to go to jail. So he began to fight with these guys. And at some point, um, I believe it was Brosnan's ta uh, taser came out. They tried to tase him, and he got a hold of the taser. Now, there was a, um, a DA in Fulton County at the time. His name was uh, Paul Howard. Paul Howard was up for re-election right around the same time, and, and let's not forget what the tone and temperament of the community was when it came to white officers dealing with black people. It's 2022. I cannot believe I have to actually say that, but it's what every headline says. It's, it's, it, it never talks about when a white officer wrestles a white defendant, but it specifically says black defendant, white officer. I don't know why we have to identify by that. How about criminal and cop? But right. that's the world we live in. So what, uh, what the DA decided, uh, or, or this, um, I didn't even know where I was going with the DA. I just lost my train of thought because I'm now I'm pissed at the media. Uh, the bottom line is this: there was a new or, or there was a DA that was up for re-election. So when they uh, and he had previously stated in a case a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, I don't remember. I'm foggy on that detail. But he had specifically say, stated that an officer used his taser on somebody. And that could kill that person. That could, be force. that could be considered deadly force. So he was pretty adamant about that when it came to the, to the, what we'll call the bad guys, the ones that wear badges and protect you and lay their lives on the line for that reason. Uh, so, you know, he was pretty adamant that that taser was a deadly weapon. Well, what happened in that fight was um, Richard Brooks got a hold of that, what he used to think was a deadly weapon. Right. Um, and started running at some point and didn't just run 
in the direction of freedom, he turned around with the taser and fired it at uh, uh, Rolf, Garrett Rolf. And Garrett Rolf returned fire. The whole, the conversation lasted about 40 minutes. The whole interaction of the shooting lasted 0.56 seconds. So when Richard Brooks went down, naturally they both tended to him. They, they got over there and they, um, they just, uh, you know, kind of jumped on him, tried to render aid as they were ta- taught and trained to do. And um, they, they just kind of stuck with it. They, they stuck with him. And um, there was a point where Devin Brosnan had to step over this defense Brooks. And the body-worn camera showed him stepping over. So <laughs> I'm fading in yeah. and out. Well, I, 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 I remember in that the, I remember in the first part is that uh, you know he goes over and he kicks the the taser away, and they they originally tried to charge this guy with kicking him while he was down. He did. They did charge. They charged. They charged him, right? Yeah, they charged Devin Brosnan with kicking him. They charged Garrett Rolfe with murder. <laughs> so, like they, 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 I think they called it aggravated assault. They 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 charged him with aggravated assault, and um, it was like a you know, misuse of oath or, or, or some kind of violation. It was called violation of oath because he didn't stop the other guy from saving his life. He didn't stop Garrett Rolfe from essentially saving their lives. So this, uh, this DA, who again was up for re-election at the time, he was a Democratic candidate, um, took it upon himself to charge those guys uh, two or three days after the incident happened. He didn't wait around for the Georgia Bureau of Investigation to do their investigation. He just uh, flat out charged them. And, and that's, that's kind of where this whole thing kicked off. Uh, the city of Atlanta, uh, the mayor specifically, Keisha Lance Bottoms, decided that, well, we have a murderer on our police force. We're going to have to fire him. So they fired Garrett Rolfe. They placed the other guy, uh, Brosnan, on uh, some kind of paid leave. And um, then they decided to do the investigation. So um, there are some due process issues in there. And listen, whether you're, co- whether you're a cop or not, I-, I know that people in the community are sometimes just like so happy when police get charged and, and they're just ecstatic that the cops are getting in trouble for whatever. And they want what they call justice. And to them, justice is just throw them in jail without a trial. And that's like, I have lady justice over my left shoulder here. That's not what she does. She's, she's wearing that blindfold for a reason. And, and I know, you know, some people think that the justice system is tilted in one way or another, but the fact of the matter is those officers deserved due process for their employment. And they also deserve the due process of having a full investigation before, um, before being charged with murder, maybe? I, I don't know. Maybe not being so reckless with that murder charge. Um, so as it turns out, this, this other guy, the, or the, that, that guy, the Howard, the DA, lost his bid for re-election in the primaries. What's that tell you? So he lost his, his uh, bid for re-election in the primaries, and then um, eventually what ha- happened was... Uh, there was a new prosecutor that was put in place or, or, or elected. I don't want to say put in place. 
when she got into office, she asked the attorney general to remove her from that case to like recuse her from it because she had issues with the way he handled it. I, I don't know that if, I don't know if it was specified or not, like what the, this is just what I'm getting from a few articles, but at any rate, she did have issues with what, what was, uh, you know, these indictments, they, they didn't go before a grand jury. They didn't do any of this other stuff. They just charged them. So. Which is crazy because I mean, you think what that did to Atlanta, like at, at some point, like cops just stopped policing in Atlanta yeah. for like five days. Like people well, are yeah. just like, fuck you, dude. We're just not going to do anything. And if I, if I'm a cop in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, that's where this happened, right? Atlanta, if I remember. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing like if you can't, ta- if you can't shoot a motherfucker for tasing you, I'm not, I'm not gonna fucking work there, dude. I'll tell you right now, no criminal on the street is tasing any part of my body, not yeah. in my fucking face, not in my fucking dick, nothing. If you pull a taser on me, I'm gonna fool you so full of bullets. At least I'm gonna try. I'm a pretty good shot, but I might miss a couple. But I'm gonna do my best to put all of my bullets inside of you. If you punch me in the face as a suspect, I'm going to fucking shoot you because I'm not going toe to toe. You could be Floyd Mayweather because I don't know enough about sports. I don't know what Floyd Mayweather looks like. I know he's a famous boxer, but I wouldn't know if you're him or not. So if you swing at my face, I'm just going to assume you could be Floyd Mayweather. And if you're Floyd Mayweather, you're going to knock me the fuck out and you could kill me. So I'm going to blast you. And you can't do that anymore as a cop. No. And so I'm not going to be a cop. It's just not going to happen. I think the difference lies in the, in that the general public thinks that we just do that recklessly. Like we just walk up to people and punch them in the face or we take our liberties by taking cheap shots. But the, the fact of the matter is they don't understand how quickly things escalate. One, I mean, the, the, the um, Richard Brooks case is a, is a prime example of that. Like it was a respectful conversation that went into a, a full on struggle. And, and here's the problem with the respectful conversation. Okay. We went through verbal judo. I think like the whole country went through verbal judo in the early 2000s. Is that something yeah, you're familiar you with? That. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we do this verbal judo. Now, here's the problem with verbal judo. It leaves too much opportunity for argument. If Let me, be, let me give a, a great example. If I tell my son, pick, pick one of my sons. I've got fucking four kids. Pick any of them. I don't care which one. And I say, hey, homeboy, do you want... Uh, do you want to put some of the broccoli on your plate so that you have some greens added to your plate? What do you think his answer is going to be? Like, fuck no. No, dad, I would not like that some broccoli to put on there. I want some more barbecue sauce for this chicken that's super dry that you have cooked. <laughs> no, but if I say, hey, homie, go ahead and grab some broccoli and put it on your plate, his answer is going to be yes, sir, and he's going to put broccoli on his plate. Right. So this whole verbal judo is based around having a a non-authoritative voice and i don't care how they articulate it what happens is is all these college kids who are in the academy who don't want to get their uh they they want to get smoked to death by doing push-ups and everything they take what you're teaching in the academy as verbal judo they take that as oh yeah i need to be very kind and polite and almost submissive And when you listen to these guys talk, there is no authority. When a state trooper, and this is why I hate state troopers so much, when a state trooper pulls you (laughs) over, license and registration. What are you doing? Stop. Is it in your glove box? 
reach into your glove box and hand me the ID. And you're like, God, you don't have to be such a dick. Like, but you know what? You fucking obey. You're like, oh, okay, dude, I got you. So yeah. now with us, you know, street cops who are doing this verbal judo, we're like, sir, is there any reason why you were uh, speeding today? Uh, yeah, because I have to go to work and I have, you know, and they give you the whole lifelong story. And then that makes you look like an even bigger asshole when you go to write the ticket. You'd rather just not know that shit. So this whole verbal judo thing is taking away what I call uh, your verbal authority or your verbal use of force. If these guys would have been like, you're driving, you, you're passed out, you're drunk, you should not have been driving, and now you're going to jail. And they set the tone with that guy. He might have thought for a second, hmm, doesn't look like I'm going to lose this fight. Or he would have given indicators that he's going to fight. Instead, yeah. they try to baby him into handcuffs. And, you know, when you're when you're talking like a baby, you're also handling like a baby. All right. But let me interject this Go devil's ahead. advocate thought. Just remember, we're, can you hear me? Just yeah. remember, we're uh, a month off of George Floyd. So yeah. everybody is talking to fucking everybody with kid gloves. I, I don't know if you could talk to somebody with kid gloves, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. And like, we broke I, this case down. We yeah. broke this case down in, in detail. And I don't think the cops did anything the, wrong. They did no, nothing no, no, wrong. No, I, I know. I know. So, so lending to the verbal judo that you're talking about. And also I'm glad you brought this up because I probably skimmed right over it, but both officers within the last, I think two weeks or month of that happening, both of them had de-escalation training. De-escalation became the buzzword, if you'll remember, after yeah. George oh, yeah. Floyd. Okay, and, and if there's one thing that law enforcement is good at, it's fucking knee-jerk reactions. And I, I think any progressive department across the U.S. had some kind of at least talking to of all of their officers about de-escalation techniques or – you know, perf put out stuff about de-escalation or international chiefs of police or whatever. But everybody see, now what we've what what's happened to this is that we now everybody in the country expects de-escalation. Citizens well, expect you to do de-escalation. Whereas we saw the cops that we just broke down in, in Columbus, Ohio, where they pulled a gun on the ATF agent. The ATF agent is trying to sue them because they didn't de-escalate. Motherfucker, you got it. a gun. <laughs> there is no de-escalation. His de-escalation is you get your ass on the ground and do what he says. Or yeah. you get fucking full of bullet holes. We as a society, all the citizens have lost all sense of you're about to get shot. There was a video that just recently came out of the security guard that pumps a dude in the Lowe's parking lot up full of lead, uh, shooting him in the face and killing him in front of his girlfriend. Now, I, I think the security guard was wrong in a lot of ways. However, at the end of the day, homeboy was trespassed. Homeboy was supposed to get the fuck out of the parking lot. Homeboy drove his car and aimed his tires at the security guard. There's a lot of things there that the citizen the, the citizens don't have to do any de-escalation. So well, that, yeah, that's the point. Like it's it's with you can't have de-escalation if there is an escalation, and and we're not fucking escalating it. So obviously, there probably is a whole like cottage industry of just escalating everything. You, 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 like walking into an environment now where they think they have the ace up the sleeve or because people are wearing body worn cameras or whatever, they've escalated it to begin with. So, you know, all of a sudden it's on the officer to de-escalate. Well, how about this? If, if we didn't like, if that wasn't the frame of mind, we wouldn't be walking into a hot scenario to begin with. Like if, if just like what you're saying it, it, with limited verbal judo and just kind of more command presence, but we're, we've, 
we're a generation of wussies. We we can't we can't do that anymore. I'm not talking about the cops. I'm talking right. about it's like if you talk to somebody, you get a complaint. Like if you if you say license and registration and they don't like your tone, you now have a complaint because they don't like your tone. And departments are taking every complaint seriously because that's what their chiefs and their sheriffs pride themselves on. And so then they look at this and then you're like, yeah, but you, this is completely out of context. Like one, this guy was driving like a complete asshole. Like he was cutting people off. He was weaving through traffic and everybody on the roadway was like, somebody pull this dickhead over. He's acting like an asshole. And so when I pull him over, it's hard for me to be like, hi, sir, uh, license and registration. Thank you for driving like a complete cunt at six o'clock in the morning. Well, all I want to do is go to Chick-fil-A and get my fucking chicken minis and some coffee. I had nothing better to do. So I really appreciate you being a dumb fuck right now. Yeah. No, you're like, you motherfucker. You just ruined breakfast, license and registration, you know, and now we can't do that. And it sucks. Uh, Nijkin uh, dropping 55 bones over here. Uh, he said, uh, I heard that Mike cop has mayonnaise on his broccoli. That is true. We all know how much Mike loves mayonnaise and he loves broccoli. So he does dip his broccoli in mayonnaise. Also, Miza, I don't know what your name is, but you dropped us 50 bones as well. Um, Misa Soroyo, Misa Soroyo dropping $50 for broccoli. I did not realize broccoli had such a hard fan base. That was the that was the phrase of the day. If you didn't get the memo, the okay. phrase of the day was broccoli. So when you said broccoli, it opened the floodgates. It opened <laughs> the pocketbooks. It did. Uh, so I apologize. Listen, I'm a huge broccoli fan. I, I I enjoy broccoli. I just think that any six or seven year old that if you given the option, uh, uh, they're gonna always say no. So you just don't give your fucking kid the option. You know. Yeah. But it, and that goes back to what I was saying with this whole societal thing. It's like we. You know, we talk to our kids in a way that empowers them. Like your kids shouldn't have any power, yeah. <laughs> like, this... even if they're 13. Like you don't debate whether they get to have their cell phone. If it's 11 o'clock at night, they don't get to have a fucking cell phone in their bedroom. Like uh, me and Andrea Uplay just had this conversation. It was a great conversation. And I 100% agree with her. It's like we're not asking, you know, we're not asking you as a child what you think you deserve or what you think you earn. We're telling you as a parent what you get to have and what you get to, to do. Uh, that's the importance of having good people in the training division of, of your police department, by the way, because no matter how much verbal judo you throw or how much um, de-escalation training you give, there's always that ATM that you should be following the ass. Well, see, now we have, I mean, what we have right going on right now in the police departments is you have people that join the police departments because they want to be training officers. Yeah. And those are the worst fucking people. So <laughs> right. You get these kids coming right out of college. They'll be like, you know what? I know that cops can do things better. And I've watched all the videos and I'm becoming, and they put this on their fucking resumes on their applications of why they want to be a cop. I want to be a trainer. I want to teach cops. I'm a jujitsu blue belt. And I want to teach cops knowing nothing about this profession, their whole goal and their whole mindset has become in there. And it's all about them. It's not about people. It's not about protecting human beings. It's not about serving others. It's I want to get here because I want to be a teacher. I want to lead. I want to go to schools and talk. I want to be this, you know, instead of uh, I became a cop because there's people out there that can't defend themselves. And uh, I was born with a little bit of athleticism, a little bit of critical thinking. And so I think maybe I could be an asset. And I have an edge. Yeah. Yeah. It takes five years to get five years of experience, by the way. Yeah, I don't give a shit if you have a PhD. You're not gonna you're not gonna teach a brand new cop if you don't have a bunch of cop experience. It just I look at a five year I look at a five year cop extremely different than I look about anybody in, in, in the history. Like if you're a ranger from Ranger Battalion, I it doesn't matter if you're a private or an E4, 
I look at you as if you are a subject matter expert in military and tactics and anything. Like I, I have, I, I talk to you different than somebody else. A five-year cop, a cop that says, yeah, I've been a street cop in, in a semi-big city uh, for five years. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to you as like, okay, dude, you're, you've been there, dude. You've done yeah. that. You know what you're talking about. If you said like, I've been a cop for three years, eh, I don't even pay attention to you. You don't know shit. You don't know anything. Right. It's management of a lot of things. It's it's like you're maturing as a five year cop. You're maturing, but you're also managing a bunch of like you're managing the the post traumatic stress that you're enduring in these calls. You're also managing the lack of sleep because court. You got more experience in court now. You've been beat up a couple times by a defense attorney, and you're right. You're not going to get that in three years unless you're in like a like a you know just a insane. Uh, insanely high crime area, which should tell you also that you don't run that show. The the criminals do. So I yeah, in three years in a big city as a big city cop, it, it's your three year mark. That is when you are just starting to handle cases by yourself, yeah. like a big boy. So you yeah. haven't really proven yourself. At five years, you've already handled two years of calls by yourself. At three years, on a on a an intense, you know, in a, in a you know, like I said, a medium to large size city. Uh, at three years, you're just now starting to take calls where you don't have to call your buddy every five seconds and be like, Hey man, uh, what's the charging language for a dude shaking his PP in the, uh, in the parking lot of a tennis court? You know what I mean? Like, you know, at, at year three, you're like, all right, cool guys shaking his PP at the tennis court. Um, I'm going to hit him with this and, uh, you know, so on Let, and so forth. So let's face it at year three, you want to know that statute because you're about to charge a guy. And at year five, you want to know because you want to know how not to get caught. <laughs> so here's the thing with all of this. This is three takeaways that I've, I, I discovered in this case. Um, first things first, the, the, the public was clamoring for body-worn cameras. They don't realize how expensive the data is. They don't really, you know, like there's a lot of issues with public record. They don't understand that the complaints in internal affairs went down significantly because people don't get to lie anymore. And they don't understand that it makes, makes great criminal cases. And it's, it, it kind of backfired on the public. I have no problem with it, but I didn't have to wear one. Well, and, I mean, right now, like they, they've taken a lot of body camera footage out of courts because they say that it's culturally uh, <laughs> that people are making culturally biased decisions because in their culture, they may not speak that way, but in other cultures, it's normal to speak that way. This is a real, that's a real, that you can look that up. That is a real testimony of a DA saying why they were not going to, uh, why they were challenging the courts on whether they should allow certain body camera footage in there because culturally people cannot, a jury cannot understand another culture. When they hear them talk, it might negatively impact them. So basically they're saying that my client said, fuck the police, fuck this, you know, blah, 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 blah. And ends up, you know, an escalating tone and the cops end up doing work on them. But if we show the jury that they'll hundred percent agree, and, and we don't, we, you know, we'll lose the case. So, and, and a lot of people don't understand the body camera footage. How long do you keep that footage? Where's that footage stored? Who's paying for that storage? Who's, uh, whose responsibility is it to go back in? Now we have to have a forensic, uh, what, what do they call it? Like a video forensic specialist yeah. to go in there because we don't want to accidentally delete something, which we know that can happen or put it in the wrong folder, which then there's a evidence tampering thing and then cases can get thrown out. So now you're having to hire a specialist. Well, how many specialists do you have? If you've got 700 cops and you've got 25 court cases a day, you got one asshole 
trying to forensically pull uh, video for courts, you know, now you're going to have to have two of these guys. Now, now you got to go out and find somebody that has a degree. It's chaos, dude. It's, and then batteries. How do we charge these things? When do we charge them? When they die? What's the policy for when they die? If you, if they, if it's going dead and you're having 25 calls backed up, do you not go to your next call because you have to return to station to go put your other battery on the charger to then grab another one? I mean, people do not understand the chaos behind body worn cameras. uh, Like uh, just little things like forgetting to shut it off when you're on the phone with your spouse in the car. Like you had, why you're, why you're taking a shit. I never thought I'd say that. Um, oh, it's it's happening to me. Too, but... It's 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 like uh, they did a uh, audit, a, a body worn camera audit on my phone, on on my body camera. And one of the things during the audit that they came up with was uh, talking to myself in the car, um, which you're not allowed to do that <laughs> anymore. Yeah, I I said, God, I hate people by myself in my car. Uh, I said, this is why I hate people. It's it's guys like you that make. This is why I fucking hate people. I didn't even cuss. I just said that, but my body camera had been on because I forgot to turn it off. Uh, they made me go to anger management because I said, God, I hate people. Um, they wanted me to go to three sessions of anger management just to make sure also during this audit, uh, that my body camera worn, uh, was on while I went PP in the woods. So I got out of my car. I went, you know, like sometimes you, you do a case, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. go and you handle a domestic and then you drive all the way to the jail and you kept your body worn camera on. Cause this dude's just spilling evidence out to you. And then you forget you're in the jail and then you get in your cop car and you're like, God bless dude. I got to go to this next call, but I can't go back to the station. I'm just going to pull over on the side of the road and we'll walk, you know, into this, the woods here and take a pee pee. And I, you know, I got, you know, caught a couple of times going pee pee with my body camera on and they didn't like my choice of where to go pee pee. Well, the home Depot parking lot's not always choice. <laughs> um, so the other thing to think about too is, um, when it comes to body worn cameras, like people, people were begging and pleading for us to do this. Like I personally think, okay, fine. If, if that's the case, then everybody that's a public servant, like teachers should have to wear them, but that's me. Um, so how about this though? When the Rashard Brooks case came out, the world viewed body worn camera footage and they didn't fucking believe what they saw. So what's the point? What is the point of having a body worn camera? If we're going to show you the footage and you're just going to say, no, I mean, obviously he kicked him. No, he stepped over him. It's very clear. And he has to step over him to give to render aid. No, no, he kicked him. And we're and and and, you know, we'll further prove that theory because the DA charged him with kicking him. So listen, America, <laughs> if you want to, if you want body worn cameras, that's fine. It comes with consequences for both sides. And uh, cops are out there to call balls and strikes. They're going to wear them and they're going to comply and they're going to do what they need to do, whether they're happy about it or not. It doesn't, you know, their happiness is definitely not taken into consideration in this thing. But when you see body worn camera footage and the cops are right, you got to call the cops, right? It's, it's unfortunate, but you're going to have to admit or acquiesce that sometimes we fucking get stuff right. So, um, (laughs) That's that's one of the things I that's one of the takeaways I, I, I see uh, in that. Uh, 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 go ahead. Did you have something? No, I just, you know, a strike's a strike and a ball is a ball. And right now it's smooth sack summer and it's slowly coming to an end, fellas. If you haven't been scaping, I'm talking about manscaping, baby, for the summer. Son, it's not too late to sweep your sack of those pesky pubes. 
Get rid of those pubes. As summer comes to an end and we enter fall, keep your boys clean and fresh just in time for the fresh ball fall. The leader in below-the-waist grooming is here to make sure your pubes feel smoother than a beach ball and smell fresher than your girl's pumpkin spice latte. That's why I want my balls smelling, just like a PSL, like a pumpkin yeah. spice latte. Start the new season the right way and join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Right now, 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Use the promo code Wolfpack. Now, listen, there is a spring sale. There is a end of summer sale going on, which I, I and I'm not going to be exact here, but it, it brought the price down from, from the, the whole total Manscaped package, the 4.0 package, which is what I, I have. I brought it from like 186 down to like 120 something. So I was like, well, great. Our manscaped, our, our code's not going to work for this Labor Day sale. I put it in and it worked. It knocked it all the way down to like 103. So you get everything. Did you get the ball lotions? You get the land, the, the lawnmower, you get the weed whacker, you get the nose hair trimmer. I'm actually going to give away my package because I bought one because I'm a huge manscaped guy. I like my balls to be fresh and I want my balls to smell like a pumpkin spice latte um, for all the women out there. I'm just Plus, for just my they got your balls have to look good for your body worn camera. I mean, absolutely, dude. I don't want freaking IA like cringing over my bush. Um, so I bought my, I, I bought my own this year. I had one from last year and Manscaped sent me two, two more for being sponsors. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm a man of the people. I'm going to give away two lawnmower. I mean, uh, Manscaped 4.0s away on social media. So what you got to do is you got to go and follow me, uh, failure to stop on Instagram and then take uh, your, it's like a scavenger hunt. You're going to have to take notes from there. But right now, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you Am I frozen or is he frozen? Someone tell me in the chat. Uh, I have the feeling it's just that time of day. Oh, okay. Oh, here you go. Go. Uh, you were frozen. Oh, I was frozen. I'm so sorry. But right now, uh, what you could, the, the, the land, my favorite part about this whole manscape thing is that it's waterproof, baby. So you can shave your balls in the shower. Uh, you got the lawnmower 2.0 that, uh, uh, reduces nicks and cuts. Um, it reduces ingrown hairs. It reduces grooming accidents. Go to, to, uh, manscape.com and hit that promo code Wolfpack and start your savings now you got to get it guys uh manscape your balls you're I, i'm telling you to if you're a cop life is already hard yeah. life's already tough you want that beach you want that handy j when you get home you got a much better chance if your shit's all trimmed and nice and prim and proper and listen my wife may or may not use manscaped as well because i have a couple of the things lying around because they've sponsored us for like the last two years so um my wife's using it and i'll tell you what a lot better chance at me uh you know heading underneath those covers on a little adventure if everything's prim and proper undercover assignment there you go get your manscaped 4.0 right now use that promo code wolfpack god back bless her true breezy back to me so uh Boy, it's hard to be serious after that. Um, and, I, and by that, I mean you freezing because it always scares me. Uh, the pending lawsuits from this whole case are the following. There's a fr- there is a federal lawsuit that Garrett Rolfe uh, and um, Devin Brosnan both filed 
different lawsuits. Uh, Rolf's federal lawsuit involves Keisha Lance Bottoms, Chief Erica Shields, who resigned 24 hours after that shooting, by the way. Uh, the DA, Paul Howard, and also the city of Atlanta, the city of Atlanta. He's, he's filing against them. Brosnan's uh, uh, lawsuit just names uh, the mayor, the DA, and the city itself. He left the, the chief out of that for some reason. And essentially, they're both suing for false arrest. So it's a 14th Amendment thing. It's, it's a due process slash false arrest situation. I mean, they're cops and they're suing for false arrest. What's that tell you? That's that's it's not a sign of the times i don't think i mean like if if they're trying to send a message to the the law enforcement profession how about this this lawsuit's going to send a, a message back like you can't just arrest us just to send a fucking message i mean if we did that on the street and just to send a message i would expect to be sued and i would expect to be probably fired or disciplined um then the the other lawsuit that's involved in this is uh tamika miller who is the widow of uh Richard brooks and she is suing the officers individually and also the city of Atlanta. And if, um, if I, I, maybe I'm mixing the cases up, but I think that's a scary time for them because, oh, no, 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 they were retained by their departments. So they're probably covered under their department's um, umbrella of, of protection for lawsuits or qualified immunity or whatever. But um, so she's, she's in the process of suing also. So, so that's that. Case one down. Case right? one down. Next up. Any questions? Any questions? Okay. Uh, the next one is uh, something near and dear to me. It occurred in March of 2020. This is the Brianna Taylor case. I was in Louisville at the time. I was in uh, Southern Police Institute, the uh, administrative officers course. It's an executive leadership course. And I was sitting in the front row at... Um, uh, at, at SPI. And just to my left was one of the sergeants of uh, Louisville Metro PD homicide, which should tell you everything because I say one of the homicide sergeants, there are several homicide sergeants there. Um, we had two or three other guys, uh, a guy in the back actually worked for the public integrity unit, the uh, kind of their IA. Great folks. I mean, all four of them were just outstanding people and there's a and as a matter of fact chief steve conrad who was then the chief of louisville metro came in a few times and spoke to the class i mean you know it's yeah it's it's hometown stuff kind of for him um so this this kind of strikes near and dear to me we we uh this was just as covid was uh kind of taking its grips and and panicking uh a panic was starting to set in so we weren't in class when this happened but our WhatsApp group chat included, hey, uh, included the news clip that, hey, last night one of our officers was shot and nearly killed because he was hit near the femoral artery. Uh, our prayers go out to him. And, and of course, the whole class is just like, man, you know, this is Louisville's kind of a rough place, man. I mean, you know, one of their cops got shot serving a search warrant. And uh, that's how we approached it. And then, you know, we were all sent home and to our different different ways because of covid and they kind of shut the school down we had to do everything remotely and then all of a sudden all hell broke loose because you know they discovered that this brianna taylor had been killed and that all of these things that ben crump had ginned up like she was asleep in her bed when she was killed and all these other lies it was a no knock warrant they just kicked the door in what did you expect them to do and all these falsehoods that really had an impact on uh, 
not just the cops because cops got hurt in these protests, but it, it had a huge impact on, on citizens out there. Citizens were getting shot and killed too. I mean, like, it's just, it, it was reckless in my opinion. I mean, he got his payday. Good for him. I mean, I guess he gets a waterfront mansion out of, uh, out of, you know, with blood on his hands. I don't know if that's the case or whatever, but um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, the, the book, I am Pitts, and I've had Dexter Pitts on here from Louisville Metro. The book itself, um, obviously, we had Sergeant Mattingly yeah. on this show to talk about him getting, you know, Sergeant Mattingly is one that got shot in the leg. He's yeah. the one that, that returned fire and killed Breonna Taylor. And he came on the show and he talked all about it. And, uh, but what Pitts's book and Dexter, Dexter's book is all about the aftermath of the shooting and, and what it was really like working the riots. And even I am Pitts, his um, Instagram page, he's playing videos now from his phone where there were people saying nasty things to him. And now they're kind of like backtracking of what they've said, or they've got a different tone of voice. But, you know, that was one of those cases, which is why I was very careful with the Uvalde case, because what happened with the Breonna Taylor case? I mean, all my libertarian friends or, you know, all the, my anti, you know, no, you know, like my pro right wing, but like anti-government type friends who don't like police, you know, they always like to call me when things like Breonna Taylor happen. And, and it was like, a, I remember when Breonna Taylor happened, I didn't know anything about it. And they were like, so what do you think about Breonna Taylor? Huh? No knock warrants. Are you for or against them? And I'm like, well, uh, I'm, I'm for them yeah. um, generally speaking. And they were like, well, they deserved a no knock warrant. And they kicked in the wrong door and uh, and shot an innocent woman who was asleep in her bed. And I'm like, man, that doesn't it just that doesn't, doesn't sound compute. like a, like it doesn't sound it like a no. And they're like, oh, so you're going to defend the cops. And I'm like, I'm no. What I'm saying is that that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like a mistake that a cop would make unless there was some kind of like egregious like hit out on this person you know and then they were like oh and well, now we found out it's the wrong address so they didn't even hit the right address and i'm like again dude a no-knock warrant it would be very hard to hit the wrong address because of, of how hard it is and the steps you have to take to get a no-knock warrant and i just remember week after week being like oh it's just getting worse for you eric and you're just still taking the cops backs aren't you and i'm like again not taking their backs i'm just saying it doesn't add up it doesn't sound right and then when it all comes out of the wash it wasn't a no-knock warrant. It wasn't the wrong address. She wasn't asleep in her bed. She wasn't Mrs. Innocent. She wasn't an EMT worker at the time. You know, it was like the whole thing was just one big massive lie. And I want, you know, and, I, and then when you call your friends back, they're like, oh, this is fucking crazy that the media is just lying to it. No, like, oh, hey, dude, you were fucking right. Like, you were yeah. a hundo right. You know, it's just all about how bad the media is. Well, now with this Uvalde thing, the reason why I still have the stance I have on Uvalde is because it's the exact same thing. Well, Tansy, what do you think about this? Why is this guy on a cell phone? Yeah, I don't know, man. It doesn't look good, but I, there's got to be a reason. I don't, I'm just going to wait. I, I don't know. I, I don't fucking know. Even the even the cell phone in that case, like not to get too far off, but it's inconsequential. I, I've I've been on scenes where I've been looking on Facebook Live at the fucking suspect. Like I, I look at my cell phone on the scene. Uh, well, back when I worked, but uh, you know that's not that. <laughs> When somebody paints it to be so horrific because there are kids screaming in there and like bullshit, th this guy's just looking at his cell phone. And then come to find out the reason he was looking at his cell phone, you know. It's just, Joseph it's, Russo it's, says botch no knock warrants do happen, but no knocks do seem necessary. Yeah, well, fucking botch brain surgeries happen, but they are necessary. But I would I would argue that I, I mean, f so far and few between does a no knock warrant go bad. So right. far and few between. Uh, No-knock warrants are the safest and most effective way to, one, preserve evidence, which is normally what they're used for, 
And secondly, safety. If you're going after a murder suspect, uh, you know, you don't want him to leave his house and then getting a violent car crash while you're car chasing him, killing an officer or killing a uh, youth van full of children. Um, you know, you might not want to endanger the public by letting him come out to check his mail and you get in a violent gunfight and him throwing rounds into adjacent apartment buildings. So no knock warrants are 100% absolutely necessary, but the steps in the process to get a no knock warrant is very, very, very difficult. It's not like you just get to go. I mean, DAs have to sign it. Judges have to sign it. Recons have to be done. Uh, pictures of the door that you're hitting have to be done. Identifiable markers on the door have to be identified as in like we're hitting this door and it is identified by a gold knocker with a number two placed just to the right below it. I mean, the amount of planning that goes into a no-knock warrant is, like I said, it's very difficult to hit the wrong address on a no-knock warrant unless you're just straight up incompetent. There, there are, by the way, there are botched knock warrants. Probably more. I would guess there's more botch. I bet you there's more botched knock warrants than there are no knock warrants. It, but even even so, that like that's all of that's elementary. Like the discussion is there that they I think had permission to do a no knock, but they didn't. They didn't do a no knock. Yeah, the, I, the, the DA who was a liberal, yeah, signed off, or the judge was a liberal, signed off on a no knock warrant for all four houses. Yeah. And they didn't do a no-knock warrant on her house because they'd already gotten the three bad guys. All they were doing was going after the money at her house. Yeah, records and of and money, yeah. she was supposed to be asleep and by herself. The cops didn't know that she had snuck a boyfriend in the back door because they had a detective watching the house. They didn't know that there was a, a boyfriend that snuck in the back door because she was cheating on her other boyfriend with this other guy who, you know, has a gun and has a, you know, X amount of minute argument with the police before shooting at them. So you know um I, over my right shoulder here i do have sergeant john manningley's book i strongly suggest you yes. read it it's a great read great uh, it's called six seconds in the dark or something yeah. like that and yeah. uh that was my first uh sexual experience in oh my uh, elementary school uh anyway oh six seconds in the darkness uh but we don't want to talk about that so <laughs> uh l- 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 how about this though kenneth walker shot a guy you know what I'm saying? So now he shot a cop and the right. cops responded because they don't know yep. what the fuck is going on. And so they, they responded with bullets. And not only was he being Kenneth Walker, he, he was let go scot-free. They're like, we're not charging this guy. It's just too inflammatory. And he thought he was being home invaded. I, I do believe there were phone calls that said the contrary. I don't know that for sure. Well, yeah, there was. I mean, the, the dude absolutely 100% knew that that was the police. Yeah. And and, th- and th- these are stall tactics. These are um, juvenile teenage. You know, this is go to bed, but I want some water first. Okay, get your water and then get in the bed. You know what I mean? It's, like, <laughs> it's this juvenile thing that people often, they're very good at playing these games in the inner cities. Inner city criminals are great about prolonging or doing anything for any reason. I mean, it, it could be, uh, hey, man, this road's closed. All you got to do is go around the pothole and, and and it's no, no skin off their back just to drive around the pothole, but they'll stop. And, and it's just, it's, it's a inner, it's an inner city cultural thing where they'll be like, Oh, so how long is this road going to be shut down? Well, how am I supposed to just drive around that? What if there's a pothole on the other side? I don't know. I mean, you just got to drive around and find out, well, can I just go this way? I mean, you can, but why not just go this way? Like all the other people are going, <laughs> right. well, yeah, but I mean, I know my rights. I can go that way. You're, you're not the boss of that road. No, I'm not. And if you'd like to go that way, go ahead. And then five minutes, or five seconds later, they come back. 
can I cross the street? I need to go over that way. Why would I'm a, this is a dead end. Oh shit. Go figure. You know what I mean? Welcome like, back. Welcome. Welcome back. Yes, please continue on the way. I told you to go to fucking begin with. So this <laughs> argument that they have at the door uh, with, with Kenneth Walker is the same thing. It's why am I opening the door? What am I doing over the door? What do we do wrong? Do you have a warrant? Like it's all this bullshit where it's like any normal reasonable human being would just open the fucking door and this asshole doesn't and it resulted in somebody's dying, but nobody wants to talk about that part. No, he, Nobody wants to mention that. No, you're right. I, I mean, he served her up essentially. He, he served her up and she was shot. That's tragic. Like no cop wants that on their head. And then, so what, what happens? He gets charged. Then they dismiss the charges. The guy almost killed a cop. He almost killed John Mattingly. Okay. Yeah. Zero charges. Not only that, this guy is now suing. So he, he, he not only gets off scot-free for almost killing a cop, he gets to sue the cop. And it's, it's fucking insane. I mean, it, it is ridiculous because that whole thing was escalated by him. Yeah. He killed Breonna Taylor. <laughs> yes, he chose. He's the one that fucking killed Breonna Taylor. Now, I mean, there's also another little conspiracy there that, like, N Sergeant Mattingly didn't see Kenneth Walker shoot him. And he put rounds down the hallway that two people are standing down, and all bullets magically hit Breonna Taylor. And he magically wakes his way up the hallway and into an adjacent room, which is also very, very odd. Yeah. So how does that happen? Because we all know that you shoot at the site of where that muzzle flash came from. That's just an instinct. So there is always this whole case that, you know, for whatever reason, it might have been Breonna Taylor that, that pulled that trigger anyway. And Kenneth Walker just out of, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what the, the right word is for it, but just because uh, people in the inner city just cannot, a lot of people, there is a large number of people in the inner city that just lie because they can't tell the truth for any reason. Well, they're like, going to make they're just going to make you earn your money. Exactly. And, and and I and I think that there's a good chance that this case happened to be the same way as I look more into this case. But at the end of the day, the cops did everything right, except for, you know, and then one officer spraying bullets into the house. Again, I'm not charging this officer with spraying bullets into the house because his buddy is dying in the fucking doorway and he's making yeah. a split second decision on what he should do. You know, and I hate that because we, what do we all say in the military? And what do we all say in any kind of boot camp or any kind of training? I don't care if it's the wrong decision, but you got to make a decision. Right, right. Make a fucking decision. And this MFD. guy made a decision to use suppressive fire into a fucking window while they dragged their dying buddy out of the doorframe and now we're criminally charging him. Oh yeah. You know? Well, he, he beat the, he beat the initial state charge of, of reckless endangerment or whatever it was called, whatever their version of, uh, uh, uh what's the state Louisville's in, uh, Kentucky's version of, of like reckless endangerment. He beat that charge, uh, right. not guilty. And I, I think what they're, they're predicating that on is he fired into a blind, situation meaning there were there were literal blinds there were um uh room darkening shades and then the bullets went through into apartment three and almost killed a three-year-old as as they say so she oh was in apartment four and it went into apartment three and all this other stuff so he's laying down as you even if you want to call it suppressive fire or whatever he, he might be returning fire for as as far as we know right. like because he doesn't know what's going on he knows that one guy's down one of his comrades is down and he's screaming that he's got he's been shot so let me ask you this why don't the same principles apply because kenneth walker was completely let go scot-free because he was under the impression that he was being home invaded so he just fired blindly at the people home invading him and in 
then when the cop returns fire, it's man, you're you got to account for every bullet that comes out of that gun, and it almost went through a wall that you should have fucking seen through, and it almost killed a three year old that you should have known was there, and we're gonna charge you federally for doing that. Like you beat the charge in the state, but we're a different sovereign, you know. Well, that's sovereignty, what we talked about so last gonna... Friday with the Fed napping. Like these guys get in front of a jury. There's more FBI agents involved in a kidnapping being confidential informants and being FBI agents themselves. than there were actually people that were going to carry out this kidnapping. So it was an FBI sponsored kidnapping of a mayor and a jury is like, this is fucking crazy. And they, they acquit everybody on all the charges. And then the federal government's like, yeah, well, that's not fair. Three of these jury owners are gun owners. So it's a biased jury. We're going to form a whole new jury and try this whole thing again and find them magically guilty this time. Like it's absolutely insane that these guys get off Scott, like get off. And then right at the election uh, timeframes, when, when things are not going the way a certain, uh, you know, a, a certain political party yeah. wants it to go. They all of a sudden bring up minor details that uh, schematics in a search warrant on a girl based on a, a female who's already in trouble for throwing slushies at a homeless person. Yeah. And is now coming out with this more audacious story and blowing us up, which we've all done at the end of a, of a search warrant. We've all gone back to the parking deck or parking garage and being like, Hey, we all got our shit together on this one. We're not. I, I, I thought the same thing, but I, I read a little bit more and I read the indictment. It's, it's a little bit more detailed than that. So it's, it, so I would caution, that here's here's the caution i would give to any cop that's listening out there and any sergeant that has to review a fucking search warrant because i was in that position for a while too um the intrusion in someone's home the fourth amendment is a very uh protected obviously amendment to the constitution and it should be regarded like you're you're entering somebody's castle so you have to treat it seriously and you have to treat it with the reverence so if you think that you're going to get away with just saying, well, we kind of verified with the postal inspector by way of asking her because she or asking him because he asked her and she asked a postal inspector. So let me just write down that we verified with the postal inspector and cut a few steps out of this to save on wordiness, I guess. Um, that's a slippery slope. That's that's not a true and accurate statement. But that you're I mean, as far raise. as I know that even if they didn't have that, they still had a perfectly good search warrant. Right. That's, that's the point. Like, so even a minute ago when you said, you know, they just make good criminals or there's good criminals. I respected a good criminal. And for this reason alone, because it made me a better cop. Like I I just knew I wasn't going to get beat as in, I'm going to follow the, their, I'm going to play their game and I'm going to follow the rules and I'll win on the rules every time because I know the rules just like they know their rules. And, it's a mutual respect in a sense. So this is the same way. Like just because you don't have the postal inspector thing or whatever, how about you find another way to do it? Now the, the sergeant is jammed up in this whole thing because he signed off on it. He knew that the information was a little stale. He knew that the information was misleading. And he's like, uh, it, I mean, I, I could see him sitting there. I, I, I've been there myself. Like, come on, dude, are you telling me that you didn't fucking, you know? So, the, the key here, the key takeaway in that is don't sign it. Like, because or this just is take what that happens. Pair, like, and here's the thing. Is like, I, know, I know exactly because I, because I'm talking to Louisville Metro PD guys. I'm talking to them on the thing. I, I'm talking to them almost daily. 
and and they're all saying the same thing that yeah it was a mistake but it yeah. does, it's not a mistake that um that really took away from yeah the probable from, cause from the, the probable cause so the, but what they're saying is that this that, that, that one one if we go to any search warrant or we go to any cop right from any case we can dive through the paperwork and we can dive through any report in any case and we can find something wrong oh god yeah they do it in duis all day long yeah. and sometimes the judge goes eh, yeah that is wrong but also at the same time not going to sustain it because or i mean we're going to sustain this because it, it's not really relevant this was a case that they knew that they lost they all look like fucking idiots uh mm -hmm. everybody looked like idiots even donald trump looked like an idiot in this case because he opened up his mouth uh talking about no-knock warrants and shit before he knew what the fuck he was talking about so everybody the media the politicians everybody was wrong in this case and to save face now uh, at this new re-election, re this midterm thing, we're now going to just comb through everything and find that one minor mm -hmm. detail. And I will guarantee you right now that that sergeant was like, yeah, uh, you could just go, or we could just take this whole paragraph out. But at the same time, like now you're going to have to drive back to the magistrate's office and I get that and that sucks. Fuck it. Who cares? Like you have plenty for this search warrant. This is almost just another that, like, sprinkle on the cake. It's yeah, inco inconsequential. That's why I say my lesson is you need to care because you need to care. because that's when Brianna Taylor is going to get killed. And, yeah. and, and, you know, like I used to say this all the time in the division, I worked in an undercover division as a sergeant for a while. Um, and I, I used to say the, the same thing all the time. You can half-ass this briefing sheet or you can half-ass this ops plan and it could be wrought, you know, fraught with fucking misspellings. It looks like two chickens fucking with a pen or whatever. And, and, and you could be a successful cop in this business because most undercovers, let's face it, aren't, you know, aren't the, the, no. the authors that, no. you know, the pig Latin guy is. But right. so, you know, you, you can you can present that all day long and, and you're going to get by probably and you're going to sneak by. But why, why would you? I mean, why wouldn't you want to put your best effort forward? Because what you're doing is you're giving CNN the fodder. And you're giving the fucking FBI the fodder and you're giving the state attorneys and you're giving our own administration the fodder. But we're also say, doing that on hindsight. Like, you know, like in the, in, the th in the throes of it, you're like, this is a pretty slam dunk case. Yes. We've got plenty of video footage of these guys going in and out. Like I, he probably didn't even think about the postal inspector thing for very long. He was probably just like, okay, so we didn't really verify with the postal inspector. That's fine. But next time, you know, like, let's make sure we get a better verification on that. You know, and in his brain, it's like, it doesn't really make a difference. We're still serving the search warrant, whether you talk to a postal inspector or you didn't. Yeah. Um, there, there was another issue with a database that they, they checked for um, ju just to say that uh, Jamarcus Glover had been staying there and, and somebody had verified. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, uh, let me tell you why this is near and dear to me. I, I ran into a situation like this and I, I'm, I had a partner at one time, um, that I wanted to stay as far away from as possible when it came to criminal cases because of shit like this. And there was a time when he wrote a search warrant and he wrote in the search warrant, um, you know, I, I'm going to use a, a fictitious name, kind okay. of fictitious name, but he said, um, I, I, I personally called Tampa electric company and verified that Buster Johnson owns this property and he's had service since da da da. So that's what my partner writes in the search warrant. Somebody else goes in to testify or somebody else goes in, in the deposition and they start asking him. So it says in here, you're, you're, you're a co-affiant. It says that your fellow affiant, you know, that he verified with Tampa electric that Buster or so-and-so 
had had power at that property and he's like yeah and he was like and you verified with him or you verified with tico or no i verified with him but yeah i mean i know that the guy had power there and he was like okay because he doesn't go by that that's not even his legal name his legal name is such and such such and such it's like it's two different names and he doesn't have he doesn't have power there so obviously had it had never been checked and 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 i was partnered up with a prolific corner cutter and I was a prolific non-quarter cutter and that drove people insane. But I was afraid of shit like this. The cloud does follow me. I'm not trying to woe is me, but the cloud does follow me. And the first time I lie or just bend a, bend a truth. Listen, I'm not saying those guys lied. The the first fact that I get wrong or just like, who's going to know like, Oh man, I'm really not comfortable with this, but let's go forward with it that's when Brianna Taylor, Brianna Taylor gets shot and killed and it's tragic. Her family has to deal with it. And I, you know, whether she was a piece of shit or not, I don't know. I, I've read, but um, you know, I, I don't know that I, I see the butterfly effect that got us to this point where she kind of didn't deserve to die based on this warrant. If you had taken that shit out of there, there'd be no issue with it whatsoever. Now what you're saying is also true. They would have found something. Right. I think. You know, um, and the fact that nobody wants to talk about the fourteen thousand dollars in cash that she has with without having a fucking job or anything like that. But uh, you know, and people are like, Well, it could have been a gift. Yeah, uh, yeah, it could have been, but it's more probable than not that it was all drug money, or which we know it was drug money because we can see the video footage of her delivering and taking the money. She was the money keeper. So yeah. And, you know, and that's I, verified on jail phone calls as well. You know, at the end of the day, we make all of these excuses on why the cops what the cops did to not make Breonna Taylor die. And and it, it's still at the end of the day, if Walker were to open the fucking door when the cops knocked at it and introduce themselves as such, Breonna Taylor would still be alive. Right. She would just be in jail and how probably about, not still be in jail. Yeah. How about you not shoot the fucking cops? I mean, yeah. like, cause they're not going to shoot back if you don't, you know? So, um, I, I'm, I read the indictments of, of, uh, now the indictments look even from, from my sources, in Louisville, the indictments look bad because the girl that is putting them in, she's not necessarily a bad cop, but she's under a lot of heat on another criminal investigation of throwing slushies, like yeah. drive-by slushies at homeless people. And so they basically went after her and she's just like, uh, well, here's the thing. Everything. There's, a, there's an indictment on two of the guys, Kyle Meany and um, the other officer. I can't think of his name. I, I got it written here, but so. Kyle Meany is the sergeant and the other guys uh, that wrote the, the affidavit itself. Those two are on one indictment. Brett Hankison is on another indictment because he's being charged for something completely different. He's not part of the search warrant. He's part of the entry team and they're charging him with um, excessive force because he didn't account for every single bullet that came out of his right, gun. Right, and right. that's a bunch of horseshit in my opinion. Kelly Godlet is the officer that is, associated with both but she supposedly verified some of these facts they charged her with conspiracy one kind of conspiracy on information they didn't do it through indictment so what that indicates is either she was either cooperating i don't i don't know if she's cooperating or not or that she um was charged with the intent to plea so they didn't go through with a full indictment with her they just charged her yeah booked she's her, one, I, she I believe pled. she's the one that's cooperating yeah, yeah like, I, I, with I, in, uh, the doj well, yeah, because she's in deep shit over other uh, other stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, if you think about it, like, if you go back to your police career, and if you had one person 
that was scared to death, they can absolutely burn down any district, any squad of any police, fire, or EMS crew in the world because everything we talk about in those trucks, cars, and offices are fucked up. <laughs> everything that we do to each other is fucked up. I mean, this podcast should be a great example of how we treat you. I mean, like, hell, on Tuesday night, I, I told everybody to send Andrea a dick pic over the interwebs. You know what I mean? Was I serious? Was I real? Was it all in joking? Absolutely. Uh, did she get some D pics where people sent the letter D to her? Or, like, somebody sent, like, a, a cartoon drawing of a, of a cartoon character with his pee-pee showing and things like that? Was it all funny? Yes. But if, if Andrea wanted to burn me down... Uh, could she be like, could she completely throw it in and be like, this man sexually harassed me by having people send me dick pictures by I'm having an innocent me. woman being forced <laughs> to look at dick pics and the whole world would be like, God, this Tansy guy is a huge piece of shit because there isn't any context there. So what they're doing is taking somebody and having them do that and painting this disgusting picture. Uh, they did the same thing to black rifle coffee company over, a, over a painting, and um, there was a great podcast about it when Evan Hafer went on, on a podcast and explained himself that like, look, there was a whole bunch of art and this, this journalist came in and went back and found this art that we're not even using that we didn't even use. It's a rendered sketch. And then tried to paint this disgusting picture of my company based on a piece of art that somebody submitted that we didn't even use. So, you know, can it happen? Yeah. Do I think it's happening right now in the Breonna Taylor case? I do. And I think it's a hundred percent for political reasons. Nobody gives a fuck about Breonna Taylor. Nobody gives a fuck about this Walter guy. Everybody wants to get paid. Everybody wants to make a little bit of extra money and people want to get reelected and they know that they're fucked and they're not getting reelected. I think I, I, diff, I differ in your opinion just a little bit because there are plenty of people that give a fuck about Breonna Taylor because they have bought into the narrative that cops want to kill black people. And if, if, if you think about this, these people were behind walls and uh, like, I, I don't, I still, I just can't process how you think that we would target a black female that we can't fucking see. I, I don't, right. I don't understand that. But I also think that this is the timing of this suggests like, Hey man, we got midterms coming up. What are we going to do in the Breonna Taylor case? Are we going to indict the four or are we going to indict the Like there's no real choice in the matter. And you know, there, there is a day of reckoning for, you know, they have to answer to what happened in that search warrant. And, and you know, normally that's done, the remedy is in civil court, but uh, they already got their civil settle settlement. So uh, the feds are, you know, the Department of Justice has decided that this is the way we're going to do it. We're going to do it by indictment. Well, so, that's fine. And, and it's at the detriment of their own town yeah. because every cop in, in Louisville is retiring early. They're leaving. They're completely understaffed. Right. They've got... Uh, the, they're not responding. They're not responding to, you know, you know, these calls. Uh, funny thing is, is um, if you follow uh, Dexter Pitts on, on Instagram, somebody keeps climbing, like spending a lot of money to climb to these like crazy heights and dropping these massive political flags <laughs> and, and the cops can't get it. And the fire department can't get it because they don't have equipment. So like how this dude's doing it, it's actually like magical. And it happened this last weekend and they, they didn't have any assets to get it down. So they were like, and it's Labor Day weekend. So <laughs> uh, they're not going to get that shit down to like Tuesday. Um, it's hilarious. I, I am Pitts is also on my shelf of a book that I haven't read yet. You haven't read that book yet? Nope. I haven't. You know what? I, I own it, but I haven't read it. It's, it's one of those books I never would have read until I spoke with Dexter Pitts just because I'm not like a thin blue line guy. And, and the, the cover has got a lot of thin blue line stuff on it. 
but it is actually like one of the it's a phenomenal story i mean he, he got blown up in iraq well like one he, he goes to iraq and he hates white people and he joins the military and he goes to iraq and he's surrounded by white he gets blown up and then and then you know then he comes back and the whole louisville thing happens and then now he doesn't know if he's a, a democrat anymore but he's you know or he's not a democrat now because of all the stuff going down in louisville so he says fuck it all i'm gonna go to texas and work the border see if i get along there can't get along on the border. And then that's when he kind of discovers, Hey, like I'm, I don't belong to anybody. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a black man. I'm not a Hispanic man. You know, I am pets. I'm, I'm just Dexter pets. And I'm just trying to navigate this world just like anybody else. And it's a very, it's a very good book to kind of like put it into perspective of like how other people are just fucking feeling, man. Like we all go through different walks in life. And, and, and when you hear this guy's story on his walk, you're like, damn, damn, I thought I had it. I thought I had my own like emotional crisis going on, but this guy's really like, you know, ha- you know, it's a great book. I really enjoy that book, man. It's, it's really good. If you hate cops, that's the book to read. <laughs> it's a great cop. It's a great book. Uh, just to put a little bow on this, uh, the, the, the Brett Hankinson, uh, Hankinson uh, indictment stems from firing rounds because three rounds went into an apartment next door and that he fired them blindly. It says uh, five shots, quote, after there was no longer a lawful objective justifying the use of deadly force, end quote. That's what the indictment says. And um, they they said that, uh, it said in the indictment that, you know, he fired through blinds and blackout curtains and attempted to kill. So they made that judgment that he attempted to kill. And then they also said that, um, it said uh that the citizens or Brianna Taylor had the right to be free from unjustified use of force that shocks the conscious conscience. Now that's, that's been a term that's, you know, it came from a Supreme court decision. I believe that's been thrown around a, a lot. It's also the language that the interim chief used to fire him. So the interim chief throws that term shocks the conscience. And then it ends up in a federal indictment two years later. And I hate That's, that. Cause you got these fucking desk jockeys that talk about things that shock the conscience, Bitch, you have no idea what shocks the fucking conscience. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like look, right. go into some of these houses where you've got children that are sleeping in cribs full of uh, beer cans, um, you know, and haven't been bathed and haven't had their diaper changed in 12 hours. You want to talk about shit that shocks the fucking conscious that we have to see on a daily basis and then go and try to act like we're fucking friends with these people that, that literally have complete disregard for all of humanity. I mean, like all the people that she was affiliated with drive-by shootings, crack houses, dealing drugs to homeless people, uh, selling to junkies, promoting junkies, giving uh, heinous positions and housing to do drugs in and giving them fake drugs, counterfeit drugs, on top of all of that. These people are fucking dirtbags. Renting your child. And you know what I mean? Being Renting your child for dope. Yeah, that, that's, these, that's these are like, the people it, that fucking, shock the conscience. Yeah, that's that shocks the conscience. So, the whole Brianna Taylor thing pisses me off. Just because it's like we're so blinded by tiptoeing around the whole race thing when the race has nothing to do with it you got drug dealers with drug houses doing drug dealer stuff trying to retard the the by by trying to retard the whole situation by schematics and uh fine point details when the broad painting shows a you know it's like it's like the people who try to judge the mona lisa you know with a fine comb yeah stop it's a beautiful piece of art 
this was a, you know, the, the whole thing just went the way it was. And I, I, I firmly believe this, that um, it is inherently racist to assume that because somebody is shot in a use of force and you're going to judge the, the race of the person and the color of the officer's skin, that's the racist angle. Yeah. George Floyd happened because George Floyd was resisting arrest. And I'm like, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but it's automatic that because he was a black man and it's automatic because Breonna Taylor was a black woman and it's automatic because, you know, it goes on and on and on. But I think that's the inherently racist part of this, like taking objectivity out of it and just saying, Oh no, look, they killed another black man, you know, Rayshard Brooks, the whole thing. That's, that's racist. Like just, how about you just say, Hey, the guy was, the girl that got uh, that got her shit knocked out in New York City last night or the night before. Did you see that one? I mean, you know, she interfered with an arrest. She started pushing and shoving an officer who was in the middle of arresting a guy with a gun. And the officer acted like he, I, I mean, this is like, it seemed like they're starting to take New York back because he knocked her the fuck out. Like, Good. It, it, you know, like, I mean, listen, in my book, in Pig Latin, there's a story of a woman throwing uh, coffee mugs at the back of my head while I'm trying to arrest somebody that she doesn't even fucking know. Um, there's two more stories where uh, pictures and picture frames have been shattered over my head. I don't know what it is about my head, but people like to, in the middle of me arresting somebody <laughs> else, come up behind me and, uh, you know, shatter a picture frame over my head. So, you know, when somebody gets close to me, when I'm arresting somebody, when I was in a, a bar and somebody, a girl grabbed my gun belt and tried to pull me off of her boyfriend, I turned around and blasted her right in the fucking nose, broke her shit, blood went everywhere. And all her friends were like, you're a fucking coward. You hit a woman. I'm like, listen, no, I'm, I'm not, you. I don't need to have shit broken over the back of my head. I don't know if she's going to stab me in the neck with a pen or a fork or whatever. If you come and try to touch me from behind <laughs> while I'm trying to arrest somebody, I'm gonna on, a ghost bed. Face. on a ghost bed. So uh, how about this? You, if you if you want to be treated like a lady, act like a lady. In other words, like that's not a woman. A woman's not throwing fucking coffee mugs or, or smashing uh, Three Stooges style a, a picture frame over your head. Which well, I, if you want to be in the fight, you are. Then I mean, if, if my wife, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Like, yeah, if you want like, to be in the fight? Then get in the fucking fight. Like just come on in. But that you're going to get your fucking nose fucking blasted. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you, you, you mess with Mike Tyson long enough, he's going to turn around and put one on you. Right. Right. And I wish I was as cool as him. But right now we do love Ghost, but they've been a loyal sponsor since day one and everybody raves about them. Super comfortable mattresses that last forever. And Drew, if you'll help me out with this in the middle of you drinking water, <laughs> they're made in the good old USA. Hey, USA. 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 What is with it? Can like, just, are you guys all fucking stupid? Can nobody, can nobody, it's your, uh, inter- it's your, your no. internet's lagging. No, you're lagging. You're all lagging. Every mattress has that 20-year warranty, and you can try them out for not 99 nights, but 101, baby. If you don't like them, you can easily return them. No hard feelings, but you won't. One of my favorite parts about GhostBed is that each mattress has that cooling technology. So while you're sweating your manscaped balls off in Tampa, Florida in the fall, because you don't have a fall because you live in a shitty state like Florida, (laughs) at least you can sleep cool with that cooling technology. GhostBed offers bundles that you can get everything you need and you don't have to really think about it. Choose from their four mattresses and pick your bundles. Whether you just need a mattress and a frame or you want it all, I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. 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 Like their cooling pillows and their sheets. You can get the best bang for your buck. 
GhostBed's flash sale, 40% off of GhostBed bundles. You get a mattress and adjustable base. Use that promo code WOLFPACK. Go to GhostBed.com forward slash WOLFPACK or 30% off of everything else using that same code WOLFPACK. You can get them for $35 a month, zero down, 0% financing. And that's if you have uh, Lasro Lopez credit. We'll just keep picking on Lasro Lopez for a little while. I like doing it. Uh, listen, if Sarah Kelch can afford a GhostBed, um, we have lots of fans that buy GhostBeds. Uh, my neighbor, uh, Dan the Cop. If Dan the Cop and Mike the Cop can both afford both afford ghost beds, you can too. Hey, are they related? Dan the Cop is not related. He's to Mike from, the Cop? No, Mike the Cop is Detroit. Dan the Cop is from NYPD. It's just a coincidence that they have the same last name. Yeah, the Cop. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's it was a it was an old name. It was an old English name. Mm-hmm. The Cop. Ellis Island. Uh, the L was silent back in the day, but now that we've we brought the L back, um, just. It's a, an American grammatical thing. The current promotion right now is 40% off of the mattress and adjustable base. And, and listen, don't get the, don't get the mattress out the adjustable base. You got to have it. That fucking thing goes into like a couch. So you can watch this beautiful podcast right from, from your thing. But right now go ahead over to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Listen, if you can't afford the mattress, get the fucking pillows, try out the ghost bed pillows. You'll be so obsessed with the pillows. You'll start saving your money for the bed itself. Uh, you can get those cooling sheets. You can get the foam topper. It's really nice, really nice foam topper. Uh, but yeah, head over to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Mm, this oh, let's talk about Uvalde. Let's talk okay. about Uvalde. Let's wrap this thing up with chief, Uvalde. The chief of the uh, CISD, which is uh, Uvalde um, Instructional School District. I don't remember what the C stands for. No jokes here. Like I, I, I cowardly. I, I'm kidding. That was I know joke. what I would have said, but. Uh, <laughs> Consolidated. So, uh, so Arredondo was fired. Chief Arredondo was fired. Right. I, I know this is a very divisive topic. I know that people think that this guy was a coward, and I'm still on team. Why don't we wait for all the facts to come out? Because I read the 17-page statement that his attorney put out, and there are some phenomenal fucking points in that statement. And he was fired without due process. The, the common thread in, be- in all of these cases, all lawsuits that we're talking about, by the way, they're all 14th Amendment cases. They're all federal cases, 1983 claims or whatever you want to call them. Um, but this guy was, was denied his due process because, again, Uvalde CISD is in this position to find a scapegoat and to fire somebody because the, 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 the um, understandably the victim's families are upset and they want somebody's head and this is a good start. So here's the crux. There's a contract. He has a contract. He's the chief of police and he's entered into a contract with the, uh, the Uvalde CISD consolidated instructional school district. So he should be afforded the same due process that anybody else is afforded. So having, having gone through an internal affairs investigation, you may have, may have similar um, experiences, Eric, but like you're afforded certain guarantees and rights when you're going through a due process hearing like that, as in you're going to get more than 72 hours to review all of the documents of the investigation. You're going to get all of the documents of the investigation and, and, and on and on and on. You're supposed to be afforded the opportunity to have a name clearing hearing so that they can't just recklessly, um, you know, smear your name so you can never work in this town again um, without 
there being factual evidence behind it, at least you should be able to give your side of the story. And he was never afforded any of that opportunity. Which we knew was going to happen, which is why we yeah. took the stance from the beginning and the same stance I do take, whether you like me about it or not. My, my thing is, is that everybody deserves due fucking process. And this is due process without burning shit down and without canceling everything is you know to death and with everybody jumping on the same bandwagon it is not healthy it is not good it's, it's, it's not good for anyone now i don't care if these guys are guilty or not guilty i don't know them and i'm not a cop anymore so i don't give a fuck about these cops generally speaking i don't give a fuck but i do give a fuck about the rights that we have as as a as a nation of due fucking process and this witch hunt shit that we keep doing with Richard Brooks firing everybody with Breonna Taylor firing everybody with uh, uh, Ferguson um, going after that guy on Ferguson going after the Cubs dude who reached over and grabbed the ball during the the Steve Bartman, Steve Bartman, like this whole knee jerk reaction to crucify people that you know nothing about. And you don't really know the whole story needs to stop because we are not, this isn't Salem in the 1700s. We're not yeah, you're burning right. witches anymore. Okay. We're burning we witches from do- social media information. It's fucking stupid. And, and, and Uvalde is, is, is another, just another clear cut example of how everybody jumps on 10 seconds of video, 20 seconds of video with zero fucking context without seeing the totality of the videos to do it. And that goes on every, you know, every angle, you know, so we can see everything that goes on in a, in the biggest case in the nation in the last 10 years, we can watch 10 seconds of that video immediately and all judge it. But if Paul Pelosi gets a DUI, all of a sudden we're not going to release any of the footage until after the trial is over so that we don't retard the trial. Right. Exactly. As long as I'm tracking. So you're tracking. So um, some of the things that the, the attorney brought up in this letter now, I mean, obviously this guy's defending his job, but the, the exact same investigation that the school district used is is the is the document that I always refer to. It's the the Texas House of Representatives. They did a full and complete report, even though it's not fully done. Um, and and it, it it lays out so much detail in there to include Arredondo's testimony in there. So the very document that they're using to say that it was a lack of leadership on his part and all of this other stuff, which was the cause for firing him um, is the same document that specifically says there is no villain in this. And we don't know what the outcome would be if this happened or if this happened, because we don't have that benefit. We, we, we don't know. And the document also says we acquiesce that most of the killing was done before any, the first officer arrived there. Now, what this attorney wisely did, in my opinion, he 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 gave the 17-page statement on behalf of Pete Arredondo at the hearing where they were going to decide whether they were going to fire him or not, and he wanted it read into the record. Neither he nor Arredondo appeared, and there's a reason for that too. Uh, it's it's a matter of his safety. He's he's being obviously threatened by a lot of people, and they're credible death threats. Not only Peter Arredondo, but Peter Arredondo's attorney. So he's like, how, how in God's name is he going to get up there and defend himself in a room full of people that want to kill him, like Salem Witch Trial, just like you mentioned? So that's a good point. Another good point is you're, you're calling him an ineffective leader when he followed everything that you wanted him to follow. Uh, what's the, the NIMS model? So he right. followed the NIMS model. He was the first cop on scene in the school, but this 
all of this shit started in the county when when the shooter shot his mom then it transferred into the city when he tried when he you know hit the pickup truck and shot at the funeral home people then he scaled the fence then he went in the school and then he wiped out a bunch of kids in the school and two teachers and then Arredondo rushed to the fucking scene and tried to tried to take him out but you know things didn't happen that way what he essentially is saying in the letter is look he acted reasonably he thought that he had their suspect hold up in a room one two even if you don't even if you dismiss that even if you say he was the on-scene commander in 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 um nims you're you're only the on-scene commander until somebody on the outside can be the on-scene commander so they're saying that he didn't set up a a, a, a a command post, and they're saying that it was a lack of leadership. The attorney's like, guys, if 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 that chief of police was there in the in the building with his men and women, and there was a shooter in there, and they had him hold up in a room, and he fucking left to go set up a command post, <laughs> you that's a lack of leadership. That, that is uh. a complete lack of leadership, and he was in between a rock and a hard place, and he was actively trying to find ways to get into that classroom. He may have made a, a few bad decisions or misinterpreted some information that he had. And this is me going off the rails a little bit, but um, he's essentially saying, look, this is not, you're firing him for a lack of leadership when in actually, when in actuality he displayed solid fucking leadership, like none of you are displaying right now. So, um, so June 20 of 22 June, he was put on leave with pay. Then out of a clear blue sky, he gets a letter in the mail that says, Hey, we're going after your job. And now it's without pay. And then, um, they, they, the, the night before the school board meeting, uh, the board put a bunch of barriers in place for him to be able to, to get in there and, and testify and give his, uh, his version of the story. I, I, I tend to think that some of this was done just like in Rayshard Brooks and just like in Brianna Taylor to appease the families. It's, it's really unfortunate that that's what's happening because, you know, it breaks my heart to think that none of those kids are ever coming. They're not coming back. I mean, you know, it's hard to talk about Uvalde sometimes because people see me as some kind of heartless jerk off who, who doesn't have any sympathy for these kids. I, I just want to remind everybody you know, I, I'm, I'm about to be a stepdad myself like soon enough. And uh, I had an intense conversation with my uh, eight-year-old soon-to-be stepson about whether or not caterpillars sleep. And the fucking kid walks out the door with a Harry Potter ba uh, backpack. I mean, I, I get a lump in my throat thinking about what these families must go through. Like, I, you just, they're children and you love children and you just what makes anybody think that Pete Arredondo or any of those other cops don't feel the same about their children or the children that were in the school that day? This is a, this is a, uh, there's a lot left unsaid and they're making a scapegoat out of one guy. And as uh, just to put another bow on this, as the attorney said in the statement, okay, well, there are fucking 300 other people there. How come nobody tapped him on the shoulder and said, Hey chief, I think we should do this. Right. They just let him, I, I, let him do mean, whatever he there, was going to do. There was, uh, you know, what the the Texas Department of Public Safety, DPS, whatever you want to call it. They, you know, they were in the hallway too, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and you can only do what you can do. And, and, I, and, I, and like I said, 
we can make a fair judgment on this when all the facts come out. And if there was incompetence, you know, I have no problem talking about that incompetence. But just like Black Hawk Down, I've said it a thousand times. Like nobody, nobody could find, no, nobody goes through a fine, uh, a fine tooth comb of the Black Hawk Down incident and talks about people, you know, whether they retreated or didn't retreat or went back to the station. You know, we did. We 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 said they did what they had to do, and everybody acted as heroically as they possibly could in that scenario with the equipment and the training they had. And we're just going to make some changes going forward so that we make sure that we clear up some of these things. And we all learned from that event, but nobody, nobody called them cowards or incompetent or anything like that. And I don't remember anybody, you know, overtly getting fired and scapegoated over the whole thing, but uh, you know, in this situation. Yeah. Wiping out 19 kids and two teachers that shocks the conscience. And, and so, as the attorney underlined and bolded in the statement, I'm looking right at it. The only person responsible for this tragedy is the shooter himself. So yeah, well, you, I know, you can I'll, fire I'll go a one million step further. People. I'll go, I'll go one step further. His parents are at fault. Yeah. Well. well, sure. I mean, like he lived with his grandparents. There's, there's enough blame to go around like for his upbringing and, and all of that. Yeah. But, and I'd love to know his upbringing, but we don't get to know anything. Who's this fucking dude's dad. Right. Like, I, I want to know. know this motherfucker. I want to know what, what dad birthed such a, a piece of shit. Or, I mean, he probably didn't birth a piece of shit. He probably birthed a normal kid and turned him into a piece of shit. But I'd like to know. Well, I'd like to know what the grandparents, you know, and how, how you know, obviously, uh, you know, she got her comeuppance because she got shot in the face, you know, for, for whatever she did or didn't do. But at the end of the day, you know, somebody raised this beast. Somebody raised this yeah. animal. Yeah, or, or um, something is responsible for, you know, turning him into this and not, uh, intervening before it got to this point. I mean, right. you know, fair enough. Yeah. Um, is that all you had for today for us? I, I think you so. Unless you want more. I mean, no, I would I'm, like I mean, to mention, I'm happy. Go ahead. <laughs> I would like to mention my, I'd friends. like to thank my wife and, and my step kids for giving me, I want to give a shout out. <laughs> uh, I want to thank the lawnmower for making me feel fresh and Andrea for calling you master. Um, <sighs> How about this team South Florida? Now, just Mm, if you would on your social media, look for this account at team South Florida. Uh, These guys are doing God's work. They've uh, they've um, allowed me into their world. I kind of handle some of their public affairs, but uh, they're on Instagram, Twitter, even I'm not on the Twitters. Uh, They're on Facebook, but team South Florida is a 501 C three organization of volunteers that, um, you know, have you ever been to a cop funeral and you see a tent set up and there's uh, water there for the motor guys and sandwiches and or sandwiches, as we say here in Tampa, uh, and, and, and just love and comfort? That's what Team South Florida does. They make sure that the agencies are supported for, for fallen officers or people who are killed in the line of duty. They make sure that the families are supported. That's why I say they do God's work. Around Christmas time, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to break your heart or tug at your heartstrings because they find the officers that have been killed that year or families that they've been in contact for quite a while, and they go and they buy them Christmas gifts and make sure that they have a good Christmas and that they're not forgotten. And, and sometimes that happens. I mean, I went to a Concerns of Police Survivors conference a couple of weeks back here in Tampa, and I, I had the, the, uh, you know, the privilege of hearing some of these survivors speak. And it is gut-wrenching information to know that sometimes th- these survivors, unless they take an active role, they really do get left behind. So, you know, your, their loved one sacrificed for the community and was, you know, was, gave the ultimate sacrifice, as we always say. 
Uh, but think of what that does to an entire family. And then the entire family just kind of gets left behind because the cops no longer there and everybody, you know, and, 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 you know, hindsight's 2020, that's not, I don't mean hindsight's 2020 out of sight, out of mind is kind of what I mean to say. So if you would give, uh, give team South Florida follow, if you feel it in your heart, send a little uh, uh, tax deductible donation. There's uh, instructions on how to do that on their socials. And uh, other than that, I'm, uh drew underscore breezy b-r-e-a-s-y uh if you want to be bored with motivational quotes please follow my instagram i'm on uh youtube so i'm trying to develop a following um what else i mean just uh just love thy neighbor shut turn off your tv and love thy neighbor how about that love thy neighbor i I appreciate you (laughs) go fuck yourself (laughs) <laughs> and go fuck yourself this is drew breezy uh no guys listen i really appreciate you drew we've loved having you on every time you've, you've come on to help us uh out and uh, we hope to get you on even more in the future if we can um it's always you're always you're very well articulated uh, you're Aww. very articulate you know normally white people aren't that articulate so to find a a nice bearded articulate white man it's hard to find these days <laughs> and we appreciate it yeah <laughs> all right guys from eric tanzi from failure to stop mike the cop uh at drew breezy guns up giddy up